All right, folks, welcome back. Another one of our special episodes, and we're going to talk least favorite comic events. Um, and these are the moments within the canon, I suppose. I don't know how you guys processed it. That's kind of the way I went with it. That are supposed to change everything. Civil War, one or two, Nightfall, Death of Superman, Maximum Carnage, Avengers versus X-Men, etc. This could also be on a smaller scale, but for whatever reasons, they failed to connect with us. You're following a monthly that you are loving and are hit with the dreaded crossover issue. Do you try and pick up the remaining issues? Um, now, here's the thing. You know, it's it's one of those things where I remember one of my one of mine I'll get to. It was like <laughs> forty two issues, and it was it was obnoxious. And I'm going through one right now. I'm reading the Star Wars comics, and they were doing that screaming Citadel. Yeah, and it's like basically like you guys should know buy Doctor Aphra too. I don't want to buy Doctor Aphra. Well, if you want to get the full story, you got to buy Doctor Aphra. I'm like, let me guess. Everyone's going to survive, right? Because they're not killing off Luke. You're not going to kill offhand because this takes place between Star Wars and Empire, so I'm pretty sure I'll be okay without buying Dr. Aphra. It was, it was cloned him. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could have. <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. still a fun read, but it's one of those things where, obviously, it's a marketing tool, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, but it's one of those things that drives me crazy because there's a lot of times like you feel like the story's going really, really well. You're reading that monthly. It's going well. And maybe you're getting closer to the payoff, hitting a cliffhanger, or simply in the middle of a layered long-form tale, which, let's be honest, long-form storytelling is something that comics do best. Um, and then that, it's always that last little box. Like you're, you're really excited to read the next issue. You're looking forward to what's coming next month, and it says, join us next month for part four of Our Worlds at War. And you're like, ugh. So I have to read some sort of like non-canonical thing for a month. And then it's worse when you go to the next month and it's part 12. I'll be like, God, this thing won't end. You know that your experience is going to be interrupted and you're left with a choice. Do you endure the next month's issue of undecipherable storytelling? Um, I don't know. I usually just kind of endure it. I've never been one to get into these. Um, now I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say, Phil, because Marvel actually <sighs> came out and announced that they are going to be event-free for how long? Uh, I think they said either 16 or 18 months after. But <clears throat> see, okay, but I think that's garbage anyway because it may be event-free, but they're still going to release like things like they're doing <clears throat> that Generations thing that is um, going through how like characters have changed since like they were originally created. There's like Jean Grey, Hulk, that type of thing. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how much of an actual free from events it's really going to be because you know I've been suffering with events since I came back into reading comics. That first thing that I bought when we started this podcast five years ago was Avengers vs X Men. That was the first thing I bought. That and Avenging Spider Man were the two books that I picked up, and events have not stopped since. I know. It seems like you you have like the stack of things you want to read, and mm-hmm. you have this whole other stack. This is just Avengers versus X Men. I remember you like you should read this. This is really cool, and you gave me a full short box. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you want me to do what? And then I read the wrong stuff. Yeah, I didn't read what you wanted me to read, which was, you know, okay, that's probably my fault. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's get going on this. Now I uh, I got a couple here that I'll, I'll go ahead and start with this. Um, I got a couple of uh, I suppose you'd call it. No, I'll just start off with this one, Nightfall, and I have a feeling we're gonna get to this. Just a hunch. Um, but <laughs> I can make right a here? case this, this could actually, if we ever get around to favorite events, this could also be on my favorite events. Yeah. Because do you, do you recall what this is, Phil? This is right after Batman was broken, right? No, and this then, is that tale. Oh, it is the tale this of him being broken? This is leading up to him being broken by Oh, right, that's dark. Okay, um, yeah. 
And, and the reason I say this, I, I could easily find this. I read, I reread it a while back, like 15 years ago. And you, Tim, you actually turned me on to like, you know, what you should do is read the letter columns. Very entertaining, by the way, <laughs> for Nightfall. Uh, yeah. Um, but I did enjoy some of the things that surrounded Nightfall, like Vengeance of Bane was mm-hmm. a fantastic, like origin story for that character. And then you got into the whole, and I'm sure I'll let you tell this more. Uh, you're going to tell it better than I. I don't know about that. <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> um, the whole thing about he was getting more and more tired because Bane broke everyone out of Arkham Asylum, and then Batman had to go down and track everyone down, try to minimize the casualties, all this. And then the, the more and more he kept doing this, the more and more tired and fatigued he got. Um, uh, not the most, ex- kind of a very predictable storyline. However, I did like a lot of the stuff that came after that. Um, because Robin got to shine. And, you know, anytime Robin gets to shine, I'm kind of a happy guy. Yeah. And then, finally, Dick Grayson got to be Batman, which is, by the way, what should have happened to begin with. Um, so there was a lot of conflict re- resolution within the Bat family. But, uh, like I said, this could easily end up on my favorite. Um, <clears throat> maximum Carnage. So is this your actual, like, 10 through this 9 is, right now? This is not 10. Because doing, I actually have seven. Yeah, like he's. <laughs> yeah. I actually have seven. Okay. Total. Total. Okay. So I'm gonna do. I'll give you like we always. I'm gonna give you my. Uh, okay. No, I was just you're confused where you up, were. You're going. Yeah. Seven and six. Seven and six. Okay. Um and ma- maximum carnage. Maximum um, carnage. I, I, are we gonna get to this? No, I I danced around with it. That was one of the ones that I told you I had. <laughs> I had ended up with twelve events and I had to cut two out. Maximum carnage is one of them because I have. It's a mixed bag for me. Okay. Go ahead, uh, please. Because with Maximum Carnage, for me, it, I had really fond memories of reading it when I was younger. Um, I did a retro review on it, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I was still like, you know, it's not a bad read. But there are a lot of problems with it being that it was a 90s Spider-Man tale. There was a lot of, should you really treat Psychopaths the way that you would treat any other villain is it just a villain? Is it okay to kill them? Is there is a lot of extra stuff in it that um, was way too deep for me as a kid, um, and some of the characters were just—they just felt tacked on for no reason, and they just suddenly appeared in like one or two issues, and then they weren't there, and they've not really even come back into Spider-Man or a lot of the Marvel universe after. Um, I thought Cletus Cassidy was a very intriguing character, but he's poorly been used, I poorly thought. used during maximum carnage yeah. and poorly used since. Yeah. Um, again, it was one of those things I had blinders on as a child and even rereading maximum carnage of thinking that it was a better event than what it was. Uh, and if you really look at it and thumb through it and pay attention to every piece that is put in there, there it's like a puzzle that you finish doing the puzzle and there's still a bunch of pieces left over. And that's how I felt with it. You know, one of the things that exasperated me on this is it seemed like every issue Peter was debating with himself, is it okay that I'm working with this enemy who's Mm -hmm. committed such atrocities, but I'm working for the greater good? And it seems like he would come to a conclusion in one of the issues, and then he would start that debate over with himself in the very next issue. Like, didn't we just, didn't you come to this resolution already? Um, And it was just a lot of too much, too much symbiote. Too much like blah, 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 blah you know, the slobbering. <laughs> yeah, all over yeah, the place. yeah. I mean, isn't that, uh, what, isn't that what they are? Well, it is, it but is. you know, <laughs> too much of a good thing or a bad thing can go. Too Was this far. early 90s? Uh, mid. Yeah, and in a little bit of research I did, um, Nightfall and the death of Superman were massive, like massive marketing tools mm-hmm. and hugely successful. 
from that standpoint, and keep in mind, this is in the doldrums, the, the very dark days of Marvel, mm-hmm. and they kind of did that. It was almost like they did it slapdash, like, oh, look, these guys are doing these great events. Let's get one out. Come, come on, we've got to do one. I mean, that was in the days, like, Marvel was just not good. Mm-hmm. That was at, right after their glory years of the 80s. and they, So it was just, it, it was not, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I read it. Really? I can give you the trade. No, don't worry about <laughs> don't, it. Don't tease no, me. No, do it. it. Do it. He says, as these things end up on our least favorite. Yeah, no, no, I'll lend it to you. It's, it's in okay, my collection. so Phil, uh, this is you, buddy. Go for it. All right, I'm really so interested to I actually do have saying. five um, for, like, the my 10 through 6 or 6 through 10, however you want to look at it. Uh, so I actually broke this down to the year it came out and how many issues you had to suffer through as oh. well. So because why not? So my 10 is Siege. Are you familiar with Siege at all? It was from 2010, and it was 46 issues. Oh, my gosh. This was... Who <laughs> is that the comic, or is that the storyline? Siege line? is the actual event. It was called uh, Siege. For what? Marvel. What? All these are Marvel. Oh, All okay. this is Marvel. <laughs> so this was a big uh, tie-in for the Avengers. It was post-Civil War, post-Secret uh, Invasion. So this is after Norman Osborn was, like, in charge of everything, and... He had his own Dark Avengers, and Asgard was floating over Broxton, Oklahoma. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, they, because they wanted to be closer to Midgard, whatever. Um, or Earth, for people that don't follow Norse stuff. Anyway, um, this so... this is why we do this. This was, this was as Norman Osborn was losing control of his power over everything, and people were starting to question, why is this guy who used to be up to no good running things? So he's like, screw it, let's attack Asgard. So he takes a bunch of villains, sends them in there. He goes in as his Iron Patriot, like basically Iron Man outfit thing that he was wearing at the time. Um, Captain America was still missing during this because Norman Osborn was the Iron Patriot. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you see why I made the list. So he goes through all this stuff. They attack. Blah blah blah. He. Oh yeah. He actually had um, Sentry's wife killed, and then convinced her that she committed suicide so that he would work for Os. It was whatever cluster. Uh, It was basically basically what it was was a way for Marvel to hit the reset button, bring Captain America back to lead the Avengers. Mm. Um, and that's what it was. It's called Siege because it was the siege on Asgard. Wonderful. All right. So that was 10. Uh, nine, Shadowland, which was... Anybody familiar with Shadowland? No. No? Okay. That is also from 2010, 30 issues that's long. Uh, Matt Murdock returns to Hell's Kitchen as... That's 76 crossover event issues in 2010. Um, yeah. I don't think I hit any other in 2010. Um, but Matt Murdock returns to Hell's Kitchen as the leader of the hand... Uh, I don't like that. So he's very dark. He's coming back, and he uh, decides to kill Bullseye because why not? The reason, actually, realistically, well, reading this thing, coming. yeah, he had it coming, right? <laughs> but it was so out of character for for Murdoch. Sure. So honestly, there was a lot of it that was really good and enjoyable until at the end where it ended up that Matt Murdoch was possessed by the Beast of the Hand and. Blah, 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 status quo, status quo. He goes on a soul hunt, comes back, and it's back to Foggy and Matt Murdock, attorneys at law, and it, like, it was like it never happened, and Bullseye came back anyway. Number. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to tell me. <laughs> Someone a, came a back comic in a comic book? character died and came back? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I'm, it out. Was, I'm out. It's not great, not great. Uh, surprisingly not higher up, number eight, One More Day. Uh, end of oh. 2007, going into 2008, is five issues. The... You know, do you know? No. I'm not going to know any of this. What is this? Is this the death of Mary Jane? Yeah, uh, not death of. 
This is after. Well, of course not. So this is again after oh, Civil War. I think I know of it. Peter Parker had revealed his face. They knew Spider-Man was Peter Parker because of this. Aunt Man's up getting killed. Peter Parker cuts a deal with Mephisto that if he gives up his relationship and marriage with MJ, he'll bring back Aunt May. And that's why he's not uh, married to MJ anymore. And it's still it's still something that that happens. Um, Phil, you poor man. Yeah. So it was one more day, and then brand new day was after it all happened, just, and it came back. It was a reset button because everybody, yes. it, basically, because everybody loved Peter Parker being that sad guy who wasn't married and was trying to get the girl, and that was part of it. So how do you how do you do that? Cut a deal with the devil. Line. The ultimate We'll line. get to the ultimate but line. Isn't, the, isn't that a problem with comics in general, though? I mean, <clears throat> you have this rich history mm-hmm. of comics, and you build up these characters, and you get them to a point where... You want them to grow. Yeah. And you, you almost, like... It's got to evolve somehow. See, but that's the thing. You, I think You either got to set it back if or keep moving they have to stay like a certain age you know what i'm saying but i think i think that therein lies the problem with all of this uh there are certain comic book readers i think like myself and probably you guys as well that we don't mind seeing our characters evolve and maybe grow up a little bit and gain new things right. um i mean considering you're such a big robin fan and oh yeah you, you, as i've said many times i just happened to be the right age where mm-hmm. he left being robin went to the teen titans and became nightwing he grew up with me exactly and, and that's why i like peter parker so much because he has grown up and that's why i like the current stuff so much because you know he runs his own company right. he's gone through all these like trials and tribulations with his aunt may like marrying J. jonah jameson's uh father like all kinds of really cool stuff um, and it doesn't have to lose the essence and of you, the character. And it doesn't. And I like that. Uh, but reset. And that's what this was. And I might have mentioned it even when I did that giant retro review of Amazing Spider-Man that this was kind of like a hiccup for me. Regardless, one more day. Uh, number seven, Secret Wars 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, from 1985. Again, 34 issues. So far, the only thing, just to recap, so far, the only thing that has been in the single digits was uh, One More Day. So, Secret Wars 2, uh, honestly, the reason that it sucked is it wasn't Secret Wars. Like, it was just a marketing ploy. They brought the Beyonder back, and it was just like, what would it like to be a human? And it didn't have those slick toys either. Yeah. is Okay. They actually did. They did a Secret Wars two toy line. Did they? Uh huh. Just to. You're right. They did. I think they, I might have a few figures from that because they wanted to sell more toys, and they were oh. like, "Well, I guess we should write a comic series to go with this." And it was just the Beyonder trying to be a human being and just struggling with it. Thank Joel Schumacher for the phrase "toyetic." This is the one from the '80s, right? '85. '85. Okay. So boring. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number six, Secret Invasion, 2008. 97 issues long. Oh my gosh, why? Because how long did it go for? Uh, it was just 2008. But it, you got to remember, this is all the tie ins and stuff, too. And tie ins to what? To Secret Invasion. Do you guys know what Secret Invasion was at all? Um, Wait, started, I thought that was now. <laughs> What's been Secret going? Empire is now. Oh, no, I'm afraid I don't. This they is- use Secret a lot. Yeah, they do. And their event names. They invade? Well, they sure don't keep those secrets, though, because they got to tell you, like, 97 issues for a secret. Yeah. Well, Secret Invasion, the concept behind it was was brilliant, that there were lots of people in the United States, in the world, that were actually not humans. They were scrolls that were pretending to be human beings while they were trying to invade the Earth. Not a bad idea. 
other than it took the first, like, six issues for the Avengers to get out of the Savage Land. Uh, so it starts really, really slow. And the big well, thing... Well, you're going to have 97 issues. Well, uh, who knows? <laughs> and, There's going to be a lot of exposition. When was exactly. this? Uh, 2008. Yeah. So it was... The big tagline for it is, who can you trust? And it ended up you could trust everyone because all the key players weren't scrolls. Nobody that was a main character from, like, the Avengers or anything died. It was kind of just, again, a pointless event that... It, the main thing that came out of it is Norman Osborn became in charge because he was the one <clears throat> that kind of got the feedback, and this is what led to Siege and all the other things. Good God. This I is when I wasn't reading comics originally, and this is the stuff that I've gone back and read because people were like, you should read this. I'm like, I should not have. Thank you for that. <laughs> they got you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Welcome to the club. But I've, I've prided myself. Company, yeah. That's yeah. Why. Well, and I'm priding myself with getting a more versed Marvel knowledge as we've been doing the show, yeah. and I have to suffer through this stuff. To well, And someone says Secret Invasion. True. I'm like, yeah, the scrolls. it sucked. Why would you do that to I, me? I could have swore that they did something with the scrolls like that back in the 80s i thought this storyline sounds so i didn't read this but that storyline sounds really familiar to me i mean like it's scro- like it's been done well the scrolls have always what are the scrolls they are scroll yeah s url s k r u l l yes um the scrolls um you might think be thinking of super scroll from like the 80s maybe fantastic four yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's where the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what book I was reading. Um, but that's what they've always done, because they're shape-shifting aliens. That's why it worked for this thing. Um, they can easily... Don't they have the powers of the Fantastic Four? That is the Super Scroll. So the that Super is, Scroll. That is what you're thinking okay. of. Uh, which is a totally different thing. But really, that was actually a cool storyline, versus this, mm. which was garbage. That is my 10 through 6. Holy crap. <clears throat> that, now, this, keep in mind... This is not the top five. No. This is get, 10 through 6 They for get worse. Guy. They get worse. Well, Tim, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this was so hard for me. Yeah. yeah. Because not only, well, I didn't find a lot, but I found when I was researching it, I didn't want to research it because it was bringing up bad memories. Yeah. I'm like, why do I want to yeah. put myself through this? That's not why we're doing fun. this one first. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, this first thing is more, I'm just kind of mentioning this. This isn't really an event, um, but it kind of goes along the lines of um, what we just talked about a few minutes ago about characters evolving and, yeah. and, and moving on throughout the years. I put down too many Robins. I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Enough with the Robins. I can't... I mean, I don't even know... I used to be able to name the Robins because there were, like, maybe two. Do then you then to I got to there? the third... Do I have the Robins? No, can I just... I, can I give it a try? I don't... You can give it a try. Right. I won't he know if you're right list. or wrong. Go for it. I don't know who the current Robin is. No, I'd is. like you to try. I, okay, so Dick Grayson, obviously. Yeah. Tim, uh, Jason Todd, Tim Drake. Yep. I'm with you there. Uh, Stephanie Brown, Carrie... I'm God, done already. You, you lost yeah, me after I'm Tim done. Drake. Tim Drake's where to I know Stephanie too. Brown, Damian Wayne, lamest Robin of all time. Um, Carrie Kelly, right? From Dark Knight Return. Not necessarily... Sure. She was the girl, Robin. Yeah, right. Um, Red Robin, which is... To, let me ask you this, Tim, before you go any further. Who is your Robin? Who's my Robin? Yeah. It's Dick Grayson. Okay. But it, it's... <clears throat> It's weird, like, he would always be my Robin, but man, I love Nightwing. And yeah. it, that's one of those, th- it's one of those things, like, 
he should always he, he would have always been my Robin if they didn't turn him into such a great character. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, I mean, Jason Todd, I did not like at you all. You seem to. That's why I got Yeah, killed. I mean, but it's funny when that, were, did you vote in that? I don't came? recall. I did. And what did and, you vote? Oh, I voted for him to live. I didn't like him, but I wasn't going to kill the guy, you know? It just, uh, <clears throat> I guess it made for a better story. I was shocked, actually, when the results came out. Because that's just, it wasn't in my nature to think like that. Yeah, right. he's a jerk, but I'm not going to kill him. Yeah, by the way, for those uninitiated, you had to phone this in. Like, yeah. for real, you had to call. Or no internet back then. I've always been way okay with the three. Yes. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and my Robin is Tim Drake. Because when they redesigned his uniform back then, I went, oh, that's awesome. Great. One of the great uniform redesigns in comic book history when he came out with that cool Tim Drake Robin uniform. And because I, like you said, because I loved uh, Dick Grayson so much as Nightwing, I was happy to accept Tim Drake as Robin. Yeah, it seemed like they, are, you know, all right, you guys, We it was almost like they were admitting, yeah, we kind of screwed up with Jason Todd. You know, we're, made a better character we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you uh, we're gonna give you a chance here if you don't want him anymore. We'll we'll get rid of him for you. And the readers did, and they put Tim in there, and it worked. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, all right, you you write it the ship. For, right. my, for me, my Robin is Tim Drake, and it's because of what you said. Is because I like Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Right. You were right on, by the way. I looked that up. Oh, did I get? Yeah, it? you're on. Oh my gosh. So good, on, good on you. <laughs> That's amazing. You win the you win a no prize. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I carry that with honor too. Now, Phil, I'm gonna for my next thing. The, this is good. you're gonna have to help me on this with okay. your Spider-Man knowledge. Okay. Um, this was because I, I couldn't find the I couldn't find the story. But it's Spider-Man being hunted by Morlon. Is that it? Um, in his family, oh. the spider totems. The uh, oh, that I was seem to remember that, that was Spider Verse recently, right? Something like that. You know, he did it a long time ago yeah. when I was actively reading. Yeah, I want to say in the eighties, in the nineties, actually, at the very beginning. And I did read something recently mm-hmm. when I read Superior Spider-Man. It kind of led into that. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was that recent Spider Verse event where they were hunting down the different totems, and that's where we met Silk and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. Now, the thing that bothers me about this is because they they were talking about something like this larger, deeper meaning. Why he became Spider Man? You were chosen, and we devour the spiders or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was across dimensions or something along those lines, but they would they would go across these dimensions and get other Spider-Men from other dimensions. And, and they were kind of inferring that, you know, Peter Parker was chosen and there was this, he's bit part of this big spider web. It's, I'm, it's the web of the multiverse. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. I, dude, teenager, got bit by a radioactive spider or today genetically enhanced spider Got awesome spider powers. That's it. We're not trying to develop some huge uh, backstory to this guy. What does Superman mean to a modern audience? That was them trying. What does Spider-Man mean to a modern audience? I mean, same thing as always. I'll tell you, as a read, it was fun. It it was. It was. And I mean, again, something I could easily lend you all of because I own it. 
um, because that's that was something active in the last couple of years. But it was it was a way to connect on the multiverse because at the time Marvel was really jumping into the multiverse idea because that was during like around the time of the Secret War thing happening again, uh, where the, all the multiverses slammed together. So they were trying to have that connection, and there there was a lot there that was interesting, but I get it. I remember when I read the totem thing in the first place, I was like, okay, no, no bit by a spider. We get it. Let him, let him have his thing. But that was the thing that no matter what, no matter what the universe they're in, that that was the fate of Peter Parker or Ben Riley or (laughs) someone like when spider, that's where spider Gwen came from. She came from that spider verse stuff. It didn't like, uh, Spider-Man's daughter from another yep. dimension or something like that. Yep. Yeah, when I did read it, honestly, I didn't mind it. Uh-huh. And you're right. It is a pretty good read. But when I step back and I think about it... Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, my mistake. Yeah, you can't delve too deeply into the uh, overall idea of what it is and just kind of enjoy it for what it is. I, I, I guess, yeah. All right, I'll, I guess I'll let it slide then. There you go. <laughs> you're, you're entitled to your opinion, <laughs> yeah. though. And my last one here uh, is the uh, Infinite Crisis. Oh, my gosh. Um, now, here's the thing. I forgot about that. Here, here's the thing. I didn't, I didn't read this when it occurred. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that I got from the library, and you know, it was in a collected volume. I, I got about a quarter of the way through it. It was unreadable. I, I can't even tell you what it was about. I mean, it was bad enough for me to stop reading it, and that's all I can really say about I it. I don't know much uh, about back it. Up on that because okay. I, at the time I was actually reading regularly, and it came out, and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. So. <laughs> You're not alone on that, my Jeez. friend. Whew, wow. This is a lot tougher, but still a whole lot of fun. Well, because yeah. we get to complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do get to complain. This is a, this is a total bitch session, without a doubt. Yes, okay, it is. Okay, so that's our six through ten. Bat and lead off for uh, top five. Phil, what yeah. is your number five? What was the subtext of that second Avengers movie? Age of Ultron? Oh, Age of Ultron, that's right. Garbage book series that they put out during the same time that that movie was coming out. Uh, Age of Ultron, that they added extra books for the main books in the month that they would title dot A-U. So it would be like you'd get X Uncanny X-Men, whatever, and then it would be Uncanny X-Men, the same number of that month, dot A-U. So you had to buy an extra book that month. And again, this is dealing with the multiverse thing right before Infinity, I think, was the event that came out of this where it was the whole idea that all the superheroes in the Marvel Universe were spending too much time uh, going between the multiverses and time traveling and screwing up their own timelines way too much. So this was a timeline that was a very strong potential uh, because Ultron comes and destroys everything, basically, and the superheroes that survive go into the underground and they fight Ultron. It was kind of a cool idea, terribly written. Uh, It all came to head at the end that Wolverine... Wolverine, of all people, because this is right before they killed Wolverine for good, quote unquote, who is still <laughs> technically dead. I don't believe it. Uh, uh, he traveled back and basically had Hank Pym put a failsafe into Ultron to stop the Age of Ultron from ever happening, which makes no sense because now Hank Pym is Ultron. But whatever. Um, oh. That has nothing to do with Age of Ultron. But it was just a garbagey 
event that they obviously put out because they knew that Avengers Age of Ultron was coming out. They thought if they put the same title on a book, the book would sell, and it did. And Ultron used to be one of those really cool villains that you're like, oh my god, this! Yeah. He, what are you going to do? He's a super strong artificial intelligence that can make more of himself, and he knows the weaknesses of all the Avengers because, spoiler, an Avenger made him, and it's just everything about him. I mean, that's where Vision came from because Ultron made Vision. Like, all that really cool stuff that happened... And it just fell flat, and it could have been so interesting as almost like an Elseworlds tale. But because they had to delve back into the normal Marvel Universe and add time travel and add, oh, man, you're going to cause a ripple in time, and that's during, because of what happened in that, the space ripped open, and that's where Angela from the Spawn Universe <clears throat> came into the Marvel Universe. So did they have, like at the time, did they have something totally different going on in the Avengers and just because the movie was coming out? Yeah. We got, and I got to think, you got to admit, I mean, I'm sure whatever superhero movie's coming out at the time, I'm mm-hmm. sure that book gets a boost. Oh, sure. You got to capitalize yeah. on But, it. man, maybe just go with what you had going normally you and let, let people, people pick it up, right? <laughs> right. But I, I do get the, I get it as a marketing ploy that if something is named that and you can put it out, I mean, it caught my attention. You're and right. I, I bought it. It's smart. You're right about that Ultron character. I remember watching the movie, and overall, I felt the movie itself was very uneven. And yeah. They, they, they swiped the Superman Returns climax, for yeah. God's sakes. But when Ultron showed up, and he was kind of, like, not quite finished, and he was, like, taunting the Avengers, I remember sitting in a movie going, this is way cool. Well, and, and it didn't sort Spader of deliver. It was awesome. But yeah. I, I, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, if the movie fell a bit flat, like, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's great. No. But... Middle of the pack, for yeah. The movies, and probably. and again, it was one of those things that this book was supposed to kind of hype you up for it, and there were some really cool points in it. But mm. man, overall, I remember finishing. I think I complained about it in the podcast, saying, "Well, I'm glad that is done." Yeah, yeah. So that was my that that's my number five. I remember asking you what happened to Thanos. You're like, "What did happen to Thanos?" Yeah, he did. He's still sitting on the toilet, man. Still yeah. sitting there, isn't he? All right, so my number five yeah. is Contagion. Do you guys know what this is? It sounds familiar. I've yeah. heard it. It's from the late 90s Batman crossover event, and it crossed over into Huntress, Birds of Prey, Batman, mm-hmm. Detective, Nightwing, Robin, Catwoman, Azrael, where there was Ra's al Ghul released some sort of nerve agent that became a disease called, ready for this, The Clench. So you clenched your butt when it happened? Well, more than just that, apparently. <laughs> Obnoxious. They had it was a race for a cure that they discovered, of course, they had it all along. Mm-hmm. And it was the blood of some pure and guess whose blood it was? I don't recall. Something like that. <laughs> the, see? Uh, that, that's yeah, how good it was. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, I remember like I remember getting to a point where I had read the first couple and I missed um one of the issues is because I wasn't collecting Azrael. Like, why would I? Um, and then I was kind of one of those, oh, I could just quit. And I did. <laughs> and I literally, I, that was like probably the longest period where I didn't like read comics. It's probably for about, until you and I like kind of got back into it like in your early 2000s. For me, slightly, yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I just like, oh, this could just be done. And I just, I let it. I need to get in that mentality when something sucks to just stop. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those. So hard. It was one of those epiphany-like moments. Like, I don't have to continue yeah. doing this. 
Yeah, that's my number five. I don't want to go too much further into it because, boy, oh, boy, I really just don't want to. <laughs> um, Tim. My number five was something that Phil already mentioned. It was Secret Wars 2. You know, I, you know the... The Beyonder in, you know, his wacky, you know, fish-out-of-water story. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, all the while, he's looking like David Hasselhoff. Uh-huh. I mean, it, the, the look was just, it was absolutely terrible. So bad. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know. There's not much to say about it, honestly. I mean, it, this thing was so bad that, I mean, I liked Secret Wars 1. Yeah, me I mean, too. that's where you got Spider-Man got his first, you know, he's got the... Black sin- outfit. Yeah, yeah, he got the black outfit. And um, I really enjoyed it, but now looking back and remembering how horrible Secret Wars Two was, it it makes me wonder: Was Secret Wars One any good? I don't it, know. It, it, I, it, do I, I have do I have revisionist uh, history in, in in my brain? Were, telling was me this it was something really you were reading at the time as a kid? Oh yeah, oh, okay. I was reading it. That's absurd. I was yeah. I was I, no. I gosh. I didn't put the years for that one. That was <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 1985, go. I do yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah 1985. I was so only about I, a year after the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Was it only in 84? Yeah, it was 80. Yeah, I think it was 84. I was 15. And that's upsetting because 80s comics were like, that was mm-hmm. the glory decade, you know? Oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I did heavy reading. But yeah, moving on from there, um, my next one is Death of Superman. Um <clears throat> Superman died? He, yeah, no, no, don't believe it. You know, it, everyone, come on. It, they were really advertising this thing. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing news stories and everything. Everyone knew it, you know, it wasn't going to last. But, you know, yeah. but this is during the time, you know, we everyone bought it anyway. Um, everyone thought these things would be super valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got to run out and get the issue and, you know. My question is, are they valuable? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Do you I have any idea? So. I don't think so. Because if you want, I'll sell you mine. You know, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it just crossover after crossover issue after, you're gonna, this is going to be an ongoing theme with me the rest of the way out, mm-hmm. um, is during this time was when we started multiple covers on oh the variants yes yes um this one's bagged you know in you know pre-bagged and you can't open it and then check this issue now check this issue now check this I issue i forgot that they bagged them and they were variant covers and you the only way to get them all was to keep buying the different bagged ones yeah hoping yeah that hoping and you know the, the funny thing about that is not the event that created it but definitely the event that Bastard! <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that until just that is. Thanks for bringing up that memory. <laughs> yeah. God, got plenty of them sitting in a box at, uh, I do too, actually. at home. Yeah, yes. that. Yeah, that's it for my number four. Um, oh man, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback <laughs> on that before we get to yours, Phil. Yeah, the story is actually pretty good. I'm. I have it slated for one of my retro reviews coming up. But everything surrounding it, I, I totally like. Unbelievably obnoxious. Yeah, unbelievably. Well, that's obnoxious. the problem because you you can't. 
if you could just cut through right. it's the, unfortunate the, 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 the fat, story, you know? the story's lost is actually quite good. But I think that happens with a lot of these events. If you, if you trim off all the extra tie-ins and all the extra BS that goes on around them, if they weren't like slight pieces of necessity with the overall books, I think they'd be way better. Mm, you're right. But, but they were making so much money during that time. Is, and, they, and that was, it was a big money grab. And, and I've, I've read a lot with um, artists or, and heard interviews with those guys that it, you had that one-hit book, and all of a sudden you were loaded. Yeah. You made tons of cash. All right. Well, moving on to my number four, which is not going to be any more uplifting. Uh, Axis from 2014, 49 issues. This was when the Red Skull got Professor Xavier's brain out of his dead body and planted it into his own. What? And <laughs> had... I'm not done. Switched basically the roles of the villains and the superheroes in the Marvel Universe. So, like, Tony Stark was a bad guy. Uh, Hobgoblin was a good guy. And it was this big thing. And the overall villain for it, this should have been the thing to tell me not to buy it, was Red Onslaught. Which, of oh, course... Oh, yeah! Remember you talking about this? I do remember this. So I don't remember this. Ideally, I like, read it. realistically, this could have been kind of cool, kind of fun. I was kind of excited when they were like... I was like, okay, the whole Red Skull um, having Professor Xavier's brain so he has those powers was kind of a cool idea, which they've just... I'm talking in the last few months, finished the whole Red Skull having the telepathy and stuff three years later. Um, but I think the thing that killed it for me is one of the cool things about specifically Dr. Doom as a villain is that Dr. Doom in his own brain is not a villain. He's always doing what he thinks is the best for him and his people, Absolutely. right? So he thinks he is a hero and his people for the most part feel the same because he becomes introverted and becomes a hero and realizes what he was doing. He's just kind of the sad sack of crap that's sitting around <laughs> crying about it. And, I think that's what killed it for me. And Red, Ons- Red Onslaught, bringing flashbacks in. Uh, that's my number four. Darren? My number four is Our Worlds at War. Now, I'm going to... This is quite embarrassing because I wrote down that this was obnoxious at 42 issues plus. And I feel like I need to apologize to you because you've had almost twice as much in some of your events. Just wait. But this is one of those... <laughs> you know what? Let's just... Can we just move on? I, I, we can. Yeah. That, our world's at war. I've already said enough. Just, I don't even want to talk about it. I got stuff that's making me angry coming up. I don't need to get angry over our world's at war. All right. So tell us what your number three is then. Okay. My number three is... Now, I'll, I'll say this. Every now and then, and I think you guys are like me, uh, reading comic books definitely improved our vocabulary. Oh. Uh, th- this event made me look up the word amalgamation. This is the Amalgam Universe. Uh, that almost hit my list. Me like comics. Born out of the DC versus Marvel event, Which these were concocted terrible. of each similarly themed hero villain from either universe. It was as if both companies saying, were saying, hey, have you guys ever noticed that we're pretty much the same thing? Here were some of the best or worst, depending on how you viewed the event. Are you ready? This is so much fun. This this is actually going to be fun. The Dark Claw. Yep. Who is that? Batman Wolverine. Logan Wayne. Yep. <laughs> Super Soldier. 
uh, Captain America, Superman. Yeah, and they, Look at you. they, they I have them all. I have, <laughs> si- I have a couple of them signed by the the, uh, the artists. They 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 gave uh, Steve Rogers so much credit in this that they they nicknamed his alter ego Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> ready, Doctor Strange Fate. Doctor Strange, Strange and Doctor Fate. Fate, and Charles Xavier. His alter ego, Charles Xavier. <laughs> this one's great. Ready, Dare the Terminator. Daredevil? It can't be the... I don't remember that one. Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Okay, that's... Slade Murdoch. And this was in a female amalgamation of Daredevil and Deathstroke. Oh, God, right. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I told you this was going to be fun. Catsai. That's C-A-T-S-A-I. Catwoman. Catwoman and Electra. Electra Kyle. That's correct. Oh, man. these are the two best. Are you ready? Yes. The please. big question. The big well, the Riddler. Question. The big question. And come on, you have these. Oh, who's with the Riddler? The big. Question. The Blob. The Hulk. No. <laughs> Edward Nigma Fisk. The Riddler and the Kingpin. Jeez. And now there's two. Here's another one. Are you ready? This is my favorite one, but this, the, the the last one I'm going to tell you about is really silly. Skulk. <laughs> the Hulk, obviously. And Solomon Grundy. Naturally. Yeah. Now. I want to read these. <laughs> I, 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 I can take them out for you. I th- these sound fantastic, Darren. Go. I don't They're know what you're like, talking about. Weren't they all like one shots or like only a couple issues each? I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, now, since both Captain have Captain Marvels, they took the DC Captain Marvel and the Marvel Captain Marvel and came up with Captain Marvel. <laughs> it was... Unbelievable! So good. This feels like it would have been a, been a fun like who's who issue. Like if they just put out like it's like, hey, this is really fun. Here's like the name, and here's like how they came to be, and like one page, turn the page. Yeah. Super Soldier. Another page. Here's Doctor Strange. Uh, they, there. I swear, there's a book that actually is. Well, yeah, that would have been fun. But some of these things went on for a couple of issues, and in some case, story arcs. Oh boy, this is bad. Anyway. <laughs> That, that, this sounds like something that I would see today on the internet as fan art. Yeah. Like, like someone just would do Go that. Go look up the Dark Claw. What they did with it, the most famous, they have the Batman the Animated Series logo as Batman and Wolverine, and he's got the... The claws yeah. coming up. Yeah, it's, it's odd. And, in fact, that particular issue was drawn in the style of the Animated Series. Right. I need to dig those out. Ooh. They're in a box somewhere. Boy, that hiding. was weird. That was some weird. Like seriously, <laughs> my shame. you could have convinced me I had started using drugs at that time. Looking at some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. What uh, do you got? My number three, I guess, might be a little bit of a cheat because I'm piggybacking off of the death of Superman. I'm. It's uh, Reign of the Superman, oh. which came after the oh, death God. of Superman, <laughs> and. This was, okay, so Superman's dead, and all of a sudden, four characters appear, naturally in four separate comics that you gotta buy, you know, all claiming to be Superman, you know. I remember those. Yep, you have the Man of, in Man of Steel, John Henry Irons, Mm -hmm. and then you had the Man of Tomorrow, which was a... Cyborg, right? Yeah, you got it, you got it, with uh, Kryptonian technology. Hey, by the way, that guy showed up in Supergirl. Cyborg Superman. Yes. Did he? He sure did. Get out of the here. The TV Cyborg show? Superman. Really? Like, yeah. this this guy, the was it Hank Henshaw? Oh, yeah, he's Na- in it. NASA astronaut? You're saying the, yeah. TV, the TV show? Yeah. Wow. He's in it. Wow. It, it, and that, he calls himself Cyborg Superman, by really? the way. Yes, he really? does. Really? 
I'm sure it's probably a gazillion times better on the TV show than it was no. in the comic. No. <laughs> That's like no. the weakest part of the show. Not so much, huh? The actor even plays him said, uh, this is no good. <laughs> and then we also have the Metropolis Kid. I uh, hate it being called Superboy. Uh-huh, I um, that too. Yeah. Uh, he was a clone, naturally. I hate clones. I, I really do. I, I, I Something bothers me about the whole clone thing. It's got to be done so uh-huh. right for me to accept it. I feel your pain, Tim. This was not done right. He, he was created by Cadmus. Guess what? I, he later became Superboy. He hated to be called Superboy, so naturally, make him Superboy. That's like telling someone that, you know, I hate being called that. What are you going to do? You're going to keep calling them, you know, that, that name that they don't like. I actually did him very well in Young Justice. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. All right. Now you got me there. Was they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's something different. Um, and the other, the last one was the last son of Krypton, some energy powered guy. He had a visor. No. Nope. He became the Eradicator. Okay. Yeah. That's what they said. They said he was actually the Eradicator because he had no he had no trouble killing. Um, a, a, he was a reformed Superman. I couldn't remember the fourth enemy. one. Yeah. A, that was him. Yeah. It was, like oh. I said, is a big, boring money grab. You know, it's funny about that. Hmm. Is that right away, like, first of all, you already know that none of the four are Superman. But they mm-hmm. were trying to tell you one of these four is Superman. Now, right away, you already knew that John Henry Irons was not <laughs> Superman and that Connor Kent was also not. So right away, you're like, Let's cr- those two are already out. So then we got these two guys. And you knew the robot wasn't going to be Superman. So right away, it came down to one guy. It was like within five minutes, like, yeah, well, three of these guys are easily Well, I on. think they, one of a, I think they went down to, yeah, because the last in a Krypton, I think he, they, interv- they interviewed with Lois or something like that, and they had some memories of Superman's and Superman and Lois, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was in the running. I think the man in tomorrow, the cyborg, was the other guy. It was the cyborg... And yeah, the last son of Krypton. Did I steal your thunder on that? No, absolutely oh, okay. not. Thank you. Saved me from <laughs> you know expanding about on it. I, I have nothing more to say. Oh man! All right. So my number three, Ultimatum, two thousand eight, sixteen issues, destroyed the Ultimate Universe. One of those things that you and I have talked about pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, that the Ultimate Universe is kind of that cool thing that kind of made us look at heroes we used to love and see them in a new light and actually not hate it. Yeah. Well, obviously, they this was... They had to blow it up sometime. Yeah, they had to blow it up. <laughs> uh, Blob ate the wasp. Magneto became insane because his children got killed, so he destroyed the Earth. That about summed it up. Shoot. It was not, not my favorite. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I was reading... Because um, when Ultimate... Yeah, when yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man came out, <clears throat> I was in. Yeah, uh, I got that. The Ultimates, Ultimate X Men. I was like, these are some pretty good books. I, I, it, this was a time where I was just, like you said, early two thousands, just tiptoeing back in, you know, putting mm-hmm. my toe back into the water. And I'm and I collected for a while, and then I stopped again. So recently, I went back and. Um, started reading Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the whole thing through. And then I went to the library, got the stuff that I um, didn't have. And it got to the point where I'm reading, I'm going, this is great, this is fantastic, this is, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, yep, ultimatum, ultimatum happened. And everything turned, I felt like all of a sudden I missed 
I missed. Did I miss issues here? Did I pick up a volume before it was I should? It was an event, and it Spider Man had like two issues in it, and it made no sense by, without reading the rest. And I thought he was dead, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. Something happened. There was a big shakeup after that because then I couldn't find the next volume. It was actually probably about six months later that I realized that they continue. I'm like, oh, I guess he's dead now. That's how he died in they this s- universe. They stopped the Ultimate Universe, and then they brought it back. About six months later. That bothered me because it was fantastic. The the ultimate universe. Beginning to end Ultimate Spider-Man, which is still basically an ongoing. They just changed it to Miles Morales Spider-Man. Right. I've never hated that book. You, One of the great know, surprises. Like, we're going to rebrand this guy Miles Morales. Yeah. Everyone hated Beginning it. Beginning like, to end. Oh, wow, we love this guy. <laughs> Peter Parker dies, Miles Morales takes over. So good. I've just started with him. Oh, God. And I'm, so I'm going to get into this a little bit because, well, I'll save it. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> All right, let me get through with this next painful thing really, really quickly. Number two, Onslaught. Yeah, I knew this mm-hmm. was coming. 1996, 40 issues. I remember this thing. This is one of the things that made me go, <laughs> you know what? I'm done. And um, it, it was. It was one of the last comic series that I kind of collected. Professor Xavier going kind of insane sounded like a cool idea. Uh-huh. Everything about it sounded so cool. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What do you mean he's energy now? He's cyanic energy? How are they going to do that? Oh, it's yeah. going to go into the Avengers? They're making the X-Men kill the Avengers? Oh, it's just so they can reboot all of these new, all, all the greats again, right? So they can bring back some new writer, from some of the old writers and artists. Okay, cool, cool. So Onslaught was pointless, like everything else. Yeah, great, <laughs> thanks. All right, you just actually made me remember one that should have been on this list and could have been my number one, was yeah. Red Blue Superman. Do you remember this, where he changed uniforms? It was after he died, and he was like energy. And had the, the oh, light. yeah, because that was right after the rain of Superman, isn't it? Yeah. Or wasn't it shortly after he came yeah, back? Yeah, it was. It was. Listen. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was Man. terrible. But see, like that yeah, onslaught that was bad. design was so cool. It was like a it giant, was a cool giant Magneto, and you're like, like, "What is this thing?" When you saw that design, like this is the new Marvel villain. You're like, oh, I have the toy. Wow. I have yeah. the toy. It's so cool. All right, you ready? Yeah, yeah, number two, Darren. You guys are gonna like this one. The DC versus Marvel from the 1990s there was it is. on. Listen, Marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy. Am I stealing anyone's thunder here? No. <laughs> okay. No, my number one is. Something way different. Meanwhile, DC was flourishing on the strength of the popular Batman movies, the Lois and Clark Superman show. Um, DC had also just come off of two mega successful events, Batman Nightfall and the Death of Superman, so it must have seemed like a good idea to use DC to help give Marvel a boost. After all, the two companies, while in direct competition, always seem to be pretty friendly, which only benefits the fans in the long run anyway. The problem being... Fans were asked to vote on the outcome in a pre-internet <laughs> age by mail or phone. Since way more DC comics were being sold, the DC heroes fared very well. And that Superman beat Hulk, Batman beat Captain America, Wonder Woman picked up Thor's hammer, Flash and Aquaman both won. Spider-Man was saddled with D-lister clone Superboy. Um... <laughs> There were some cute moments. I remember, like when they were the, the heroes and villains started morphing into each other's universes, and like Juggernaut suddenly morphed into Metropolis as he was about to punch Wolverine, and ends up punching Superman. And Superman's like, "You're not from around here, are you?" Um, and then like, what was it? Bullseye morphed into the Batcave, mm-hmm. and like both Batman and Robin are like, "What the hell was that?" And so he tries to take Robin hostage, and it just goes very poorly for him. Um, uh, you know. If you were a Marvel fan, how could you not be upset by every single one of your guys getting just 
trounced with the possible exception of Wolverine. Now, everyone was kind of looking forward to the Wolverine-Lobo fight. How Wolverine beats Lobo, I don't know. But still, it didn't happen. It happened off-screen or off-panel. And in the end, all you did was see Wolverine pick up Lobo's cigar and smoke it. You just took that cigar that was in Lobo's mouth and put it in your own. One can make the contention that Lobo actually did win that. Um... <laughs> My buddy John at the time was a Marvel apologist and hated everything DC, and he kept telling me how, how bad that was going to go. After a while, I just felt bad for him. He was like, man, you... Now, the one thing that I did remember, the Superman-Hulk fight was pretty cool because after Superman beat Hulk, it wasn't like Superman was like, all right, took care of that. He basically said to everyone else, like, you guys are on your own because I'm on the shelf. Because they showed him, like, battered and bloodied, even, like, showed, like, maybe he had a couple of broken bones, and he was just like... I'm out. That's it. I got nothing <laughs> left. So that was at least okay. So they made Hulk, like, even though Hulk lost, it was like, yeah, you lost, but you're limping away from this thing, Superman. But, I mean, you had to have been, like, you did a retro review of this a while mm-hmm. back, and I remember you going, all of them lost. I'm like, yeah, that's because of the shape Marvel was in at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my number two, man. I remember voting for some of that stuff, too. I remember they showed the results, and, like, Batman, I, even the, with Captain America's renewed popularity mm-hmm. i still feel like batman would probably win the vote but it was like 97 no. percent like gee i would be interested to see it now yeah. it'd it be would a totally be. totally different voting situation. i think i think i think yeah. would, you know marvel characters would probably would catch up yeah absolutely that's probably true my um my number two is spider-man the clone saga um even though this is my number two guys i'm not gonna go into it too much. Don't worry, I've got you. That I, I knew you. I had a feeling you might. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I, I'm, I probably end up repeating a lot of things that I would say for number one. Um, I was it, when this came out. I was so fed up with comics at this point that it, it was super easy not to like this. Um, <laughs> did I mention I'm not a fan of clones? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Um, I find clones, I, I find it a cheap cop-out for writers. Yeah. I really do. Um, the Spidey I grew up reading and loving was a clone. No. No. I, I'm done with it. So I'm, I'm done talking about it. I've, I, this is for Phil. Yeah. <laughs> can I just, before you get into that, can I say the, the red costume with the blue hoodie? I actually thought that was super cool it's until bad. I found out what it was. And I'm like, that's what... But that's a really cool costume, though. Like, yeah, it's stupid. It's like, back. Yeah, it hasn't gone away. Yeah. I know. Anyway. What, you don't like the costume? The, no, no, with the, the red one with the blue yeah. hoodie? I thought that was cool. Or do you not like it, Phil? I love it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I do like Yeah. That's a pretty sweet costume. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. Uh, Tim, number one. I'll, I okay. need to breathe before <laughs> I tear into mine. Yeah. Uh, my number one, and Darren, you're right. You had a feeling this was coming. <laughs> you want to? You, uh, I, you get to tell them, tell them what it is, Darren. It's Batman Nightfall. Yeah, you got it. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I so hate this event that would never end. Yes. This this hurt so much. I couldn't finish the research. I felt like I was losing years of my life again. <laughs> what I do remember the story is, is Batman was suffering from burnout, much like me having to read that junk every month. Um, I think 
Bane kept releasing the bad guys to keep Batman tired. I think you, you mentioned that. Um, and then he swoops in and breaks Batman's back. Do you ever watch Robot Chicken? No, I've seen yeah. some of it, but I don't. They they have I've some of the DC comic specials, and I thought of that just when I was reading. It, it, the they have um, every once in a while they'll have Batman come in all throughout the whole. Sp- uh, special. They just have Bane run into the room and break Batman's back like every like five minutes in the episode. <laughs> and he goes, da, 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 da. that's Bane. You know, it, it pretty much uh, that I can handle. This I I, I couldn't handle. But um, by the time he broke Batman's back, I was so tired of the months of crossovers. Oh. It, it had zero impact on me. And then it kept going. It, that wasn't the end. The worst part for me was, you know, the Jean-Paul Valley, also known as Azrael, taking over for Batman. Okay, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's someone else taking over for my heroes. Clark Kent is Superman. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And for crying out loud, Bruce Wayne is Batman. I mean, okay, I should... Give the writers credit because they made me hate Ezreal, but they did it at the expense of me hating comics. Um, The events in Nightfall led to the resignation of Alfred, and it also led to my resignation from comics. I'm not kidding. This was it. You heard me right. This was the event. This was the straw that broke the camel's. No, 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 wait. This was the bane that broke this Batman's back. Um, it was the poor storytelling across a year of bloat that led to this. Not only uh, did it monopolize Batman in Detective Comics, but I had to buy issues of Justice League mm. Task Force, Shadow of the Bat, Legends of the Dark Knight, and God knows what else. I don't even know what else I had to buy, but I know there were other tie-ins. Um, this event, it made me step back and look at what I was doing. I said, I guess I should be thankful because it made me realize that I was spending a lot of money every month for a product that wasn't delivering quality. The only thing I was able to collect after this were the, were the ultimate titles. That's, yeah. that's um, when I really was able to go back in. Because I, I, after this, I severely cut back on my titles, which eventually led me to stop collecting altogether. This, I, I'm not kidding. This, this has impacted me to this day. Um, it, I no longer buy comics. I don't buy comics. I either borrow, borrow them from friends or I get collected volumes from the library. I, I mean, that's it. This, this was the series that got me to stop collecting. Um, I don't call it Nightfall. I call it Comic Fall. It's, this, this was it. So, you know, this, like I said, it still burns. All right. Well, I had <laughs> said that uh, it could easily end up in my favorites, but I will not insult Tim by saying anything yeah. in defense of Nightfall. Jeez. So, Phil, go ahead. Yeah, well, I guess I kind of hinted at this. My number one is The Clone Saga, 1994 through 1996. Oh, Two full man. years of every Spider-Man issue. That means it was 127 issues in length. Wow, and I am really upset about this 42 issues of our wow. World Tour. And I just... 
in 27. I just peeked in on it because this was after nightfall. And yeah. that's when I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Because I used to collect all these. Mm-hmm. And then I would just peek in. And then when I, you know, you know, saw that, I'm like, hmm. See, and that was one of my big things. Even when I did that Amazing Spider-Man retro review during the Clone Saga stuff, I was so confused. Because you had to be reading Web of Spectacular, Peter uh. Parker, and Amazing to even know what was going on. And... Although, like, Ben Riley came out of in that really cool-looking Spider-Man costume that I do still, to this day, really like. And it I still like cool. Ben Riley. Yeah. But you're right. When it was all of a sudden, Peter Parker wasn't Peter Parker. He was a clone. And that was the big shocking thing from the event. But guess what? At the end, <gasps> Peter Parker is Peter Parker. And Ben Riley was the clone. And <laughs> all of this didn't matter, other than they were clones. And there's some creepy old guy making clone copies of a bunch of, like, college students basically because all he wanted was to hook up with Gwen Stacy. Really weird stuff. Really weird stuff. And really convoluted and crappy. The art is terrible. The storytelling is poor. It was a cash grab because Spider-Man was one of the books that was selling, and they were like, let's get as much in as possible. I heard it was an answer to Death of Superman and Nightfall. They were like, we gotta do something here. The story is it was only supposed to go on for about six months. Even that would have been long. And it just kept... They kept painting themselves in the corners or something. Going. Yeah, they just kept cloning more books. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. So, yeah, my least favorite is the Clone Saga. And it still hurts. (laughs) And it's still referenced. And it's still canon. Wow. Really? Yeah. Disney hasn't done anything about that yet? Yeah. Sorry. They never have. You gotta get rid of them. Yeah. There was just just a clone, like, arc in... Amazing Spider-Man, oh. like in the last like the suit kind of scares me in the new movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You better not be hinting at anything. It uh, looks cool. You better not be hinting at yeah, anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Boy. All right. Anyhow, sorry, Darren. Take a guess, Phil. What your number one is? Yeah, is a is something that happened during our podcasts. Uh, the new Fifty Two. You are right. All right. <laughs> um, how is this not a waste of time? What was the point? Was it to attract new readers and completely alienate those who had been faithful for decades? Mission accomplished. Then lose all those new readers. Uh, listen, from a sales standpoint, the numbers we saw—a brilliant marketing move. Plus, the new Fifty Two was not without its bright spots. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman run was the finest title we've seen in a long time, and I recall the Flash by Francis Manipal and Brian Bucalato being a highlight as well. I enjoyed both of those immensely. It was not enough to keep me going. It drove me away from DC Comics for almost three years. Uh, Tim, famously, we started this podcast, the new Fifty Two hits, mm-hmm. and, I, and I remember thinking, going. Oh God! What is all this? So I am dropping. I dropped all my he DC did. comics. He did. He's like, I'm done point. with DC. Yeah. Um, however, during that time, I discovered Finding Gossamer, mm-hmm. Nailbiter, Thief of Thieves, The Wake, East of West, The Last Phantom, and a host of others that I'm still following to this day. So perhaps a debt of gratitude. I posited, and I'll be interested to get your opinion on this, Tim, that they jettisoning the jettisoning of the New Fifty Two was in response to the horribly received Batman versus Superman: The Dawn of Justice. Because it sure seemed like the editors were hitching the comics wagon to the DCEU as everything coming from the games and comics and animated universe was in lockstep with the new 52. The only outliers were Arrow, Flash, Legends, and then Supergirl TV shows, which oddly proved to be far more in step with traditional comics and also also much better received than Batman vs. Superman. Given that the announcement of the DC Rebirth, a return to the original continuity, occurred just before 
Batman versus Superman, meaning the editor saw the movie and went, uh-oh, whoa, boy. Well, I, I find the timing of that very convenient. Let me just say that. I also detailed in our episode 23 from August of 2014 in a retro review for the first 10 issues of Legends of the Dark Knight that DC sort of invented the perfect model for separate universes to offer readers a chance to, to first engage or revisit the early days of their heroes, which are often the most compelling. Legends of the Dark Knight was a Batman title that was indeed separate from the long-standing continuity and therefore not burdened with having to play by the traditional rules. This was a model that Marvel perfected 10 years later with the Ultimates line. Tim was kind enough to lend those to me when we were trading comics at the time, and I love those early oh, Ultimates so titles. so good. I mean, DC could have kept the New 52 around on a much smaller scale instead of ventizing a terrific storytelling misstep. Yeah, well, that was fun, but... Let's not do it again. God, no. <laughs> um, all right. So, hey, anyway, it's almost a, a bit of a catharsis in a way. Um, <laughs> sorry that we had to traumatize our friend Tim here. <laughs> yeah. He's only been with us for a short time of making him dredge up all those memories. And, and I'm the out. Clone Saga. Listen. Uh, yeah, so Nightfall, the Clone Saga, and the New 52. All right. Uh, is there anything else, or should we just shut the door and uh, get out of here? Yeah, I, I don't think there's much else left. As always, remember, if you want to keep up with the show, we do have a Facebook page. You can find it. It's the Panel Scanners. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I do still drop random reviews at PhilTheC on Twitter. Uh, and, hey, we're just going to keep coming at you as much as we can with uh, comic stuff. So hope you enjoy your books.